Throughout the years, God has called our family members, friends, role models, teachers, and community leaders into ministry. Many before us have received the call to go into the world and preach the gospel of Jesus. Now, with open hearts and unveiled eyes, we are listening to the voice of the Lord calling us, the next generation, to act out of faith, love, and humility to be the church of Jesus Christ, cultivating and shaping it for the glory of God. There are so many who overlook us, saying that we are too young to do great things or that technology distracts us. From the call of Jesus, some even think we are ready. No longer can we keep quiet about our passions for Jesus Christ and the revival of the church. We are ready to answer the call. God has been whispering to our generation to do mighty works. 1 Timothy 4.12 says, Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech and conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. We know how the Lord will use our generation to spread light to the darkest caverns of the world. Through teaching, through missions, through reading, through giving, through worship. Jesus is our firm foundation, our solid rock, and the cornerstone of all we do. He is the beginning and the end. The Alpha and Omega. The light and the darkness. Apart from Him, we are lost and without purpose. But with Jesus, we will never fail. He is shaping His church through us. We want to build up the body of Christ. We want to serve others out of reverence for the Lord. We want to love fiercely and speak boldly. We want Jesus. Lord, our hearts are yours. Let your presence dwell in our midst and allow us to be a sanctuary for your spirit. Build your church. Matthew 16, verse 13 through 19. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said... Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Oh, mm-hmm. 
Worship with us this morning.
heal all our sins and diseases.
71, 22 to 24, it says, I will also praise you with the harp for your faithfulness, O my God. I will sing praises to you with the lyre, O Holy One of Israel. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you, my soul also which you have redeemed. And my tongue will talk of your righteous help all the day long, for they have been put to shame and disappointed who sought to do me hurt.
put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ dwell, rule in your hearts, which indeed you are called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Now let's thank you.
Thank you so much, students. And thank you so much, live band. It's so great to have a, I mean, these are like studio musicians that are back here. That really, I mean, I just listened to them. They're just so tight and wonderful. And thank you, Kristen Bard. Thank you for all your hard, hard work. I'm going to ha- ask the students to go ahead back down, and uh, we want to kind of pull things together here. Uh, back at the beginning of the summer, uh, when we began to make the plan as we do for this weekend, it's so exciting uh, to see how God works to bring it together. And Kristen shared with me the scriptures that were going to be part of uh, the presentation, and and as I uh, began to study them and meditate on them, I thought, this is just so very good, because it all speaks very much into our series, Welcome Holy Spirit, and so that's the next slide, I think. There we go. <laughs> and so I want to tie this in just a little bit and um, and talk about this theme, Build Your Church, that declaration. And... Um, you know, when I hear the words about building a church, uh, there's a, a, an image that comes to my mind, and that is, I, I think of our church builder, a fellow named Doug Wilson. Some of you will remember Doug Wilson. Uh, he uh, went to be with the Lord in 2014, uh, but he was a prominent uh, head of a, his own business here in Brevard County for many, many years. And he built some of the, I mean, you have been in buildings that he built, uh, over the years, he built the Disney Cruise Terminals, and he built the, uh, the Heart uh, Institute addition to Holmes Regional Medical Center. Uh, I could go through a whole list of, of these multi-million dollar projects that he built. Uh, what you may not know, including, gosh, the King Center, and uh, hi there. <laughs> and we, um, But one of the things you might not know is that he built 32 churches in Brevard County. When we began to talk to Doug Wilson about building our church, he said, I just have to tell you, I want to build your church. Uh, And I I love building churches. He built uh, First Baptist Merritt Island. He built church at Vieira. He's built two of our buildings. Uh, And so uh, he was a marvelous, marvelous man. Uh, in terms of the structures of the building. But we know that church is more than a building. Amen? Yeah. Uh, the word, though, that Jesus used uh, in, in uh, the Gospel of Matthew that we heard 
the word build uh, is a Greek word oikodome. So say that with me, oikodome. We have to have a little Greek, right? Oh, yeah, we got to have some Greek. And, and it really meant uh, to be a house builder. It meant the building of structure. Uh, but then the image that he was using was bigger than that, to construct or confirm, to edify or embolden. So it's building something bigger than the buildings, bigger than the structures. Now, he knew a lot about building. That's what he did with his hands, His father had taught him the craft and the skills of stone cutting and carpentry. So we know there are structures. In fact, we visit structures uh, uh, in Israel that most likely uh, Joseph and Jesus had worked on. But Jesus was not talking about building construction. He was talking about the other parts of that definition. He was talking about building his church. And what is that? That's the active and living body of Christ on earth. And this was the goal of Jesus. That's, that's the main thing that he was coming to do. Uh, and, and he states that uh, when he says, on this rock, I will build my church. Now, you might say, well, wasn't the purpose of, of Jesus coming to save me? Well, yes, but he came to save you so that you could be part of building his church church, building his body, that work that would come about because of his body uh, active and living on this earth. Now, a a big part of this uh, that's so important that I I love uh, that that the students, in in putting together their presentation, they grabbed hold of this, and and that is who is is going to build uh, this church, and it's Jesus, Jesus did not call on the disciples to build the church. He didn't say, now, I want you to go and build the church. He didn't say that. He never said that. He didn't uh, form a committee or a delegation. Praise God. (laughs) Some of you know what I mean. Uh, But he made a declaration of his goal. On this rock, I will build my church. Why don't we say that out loud together? Let's say that together. On this rock, I will build my church. That is the declaration of Jesus. He didn't say on this rock, I want you to build a church. He said on this rock, and that means on a firm foundation. Now, what is that? What is the rock that he's talking about? What is the rock that he's talking about? When we say rock, we might think of a lot of different things. I know sometimes we think about uh, a guy named Rocco Rocky Marciano was the rock. Do any of you remember him? Any of you the right generation to know what I'm talking about? He's considered to be the world's greatest fighter. He was a heavyweight champion, never defeated. Uh, He won 49 fights out of 49 fights, and uh, 42 of them were by knockout. And so he was, you know, in the 50s and 60s. So if you're of that generation, that might be who you think of. Now, if you're an 80s generation person, you might think of this guy. Yeah. <laughs> He's fictional, but Rocky Balboa. Sometimes we say Rocky and we think of this guy. How many of you are 80s people and you think of, that's what you think of when we say Rocky, okay? Sylvester Stallone. Now, some of you may be 90s people and you would probably think of this guy, Dwayne The Rock. 
He was popular last night as well. (laughs) And in the church, we've tended to look at that scripture and think, well, maybe Jesus was talking about Simon Peter himself on this rock. I will build my church. Uh, I saw a post this week and I thought was great. And it said Rocky Mountains and it looked like this. I think that may have been tampered with. I think I was in the Rocky Mountains. I never saw this. This might be Mount Balboa or something like that. Um, But what I conclude and many, many have concluded is that the rock is this confession that that, uh, Jesus heard from Peter. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Let's say that again. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. It was the first faith confession among the disciples. It's, it's the moment when one of them got it, really got it, who this was that was among them, who had come to minister among them, who had come uh, really to save them. And in that moment at Caesarea Philippi, um, Jesus responded with these words. He said, blessed are you. That means you've received a, a grace, a graciousness. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. You didn't figure this out on your own. It's not because you studied real hard or thought about the, the Greek or the Hebrew or anything like that. But my Father who is in heaven has revealed this to you. It's a, a revelation that had come by grace. And it is the fundamental uh, confessional truth on which the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is built. Without it, we we are nowhere. We have no foundation without this. And it was revealed by the Spirit, and it's an act of God's grace. And it's on that that the construction of his church takes place. Well, what does that construction project look like? Uh, The students chose another scripture that is very, very powerful uh, that talks about this. Um, And and we're going to look at that just a little bit. But this is a work of the Holy Spirit. We've been studying this really all summer. It's been our summer series. If you haven't been here, go back and listen. Everything's available online. But we've talked about the baptism or immersion in the Holy Spirit. We've talked about the filling. That's the regular cooperation with the Holy Spirit. Uh, We've talked about the illumination. That's where we find our path. We find our way uh, by way of the Holy Spirit. And we've talked about walking with the Spirit, not getting ahead, not falling behind, walking with the Holy Spirit. And then last weekend, we talked about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And and Father Wally brought us a great teaching about that, uh, the manifestation of his Spirit, of his fruit in us and among us. Next week, are you excited about next week? We're going to be studying the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, And really, these are the construction tools the skills that Jesus uses to build his church. How is he going to build his church? It's with his gifts in us, in you. And that's what they're for. And we're going to begin studying, digging in on that next weekend. So the scripture from Colossians 3, it describes the construction project. And it starts really with the fruit of the Spirit that will be evident. Uh, Colossians 3, uh, and it says, Put on then compassionate hearts, Kindness, humility, meekness, patience. Does that sound familiar? 
It does because we just studied it last weekend. These are, are the fruit of the Spirit. Bearing with one another. That means, actually part of it means putting up with one another. You ever find in the body of Christ you have to put up with one another? There's some folks, you know, Lord, you're going to need to help me put up with this one. <laughs> yeah. And so th- this is part of it. Bearing that and also bearing one another's burdens. Sometimes there are burdens that are just too big for one person. I see this all the time. It's just amazing how people will come around and say, we're going to help you. I'm going to help you. There's a way that we're going to stand beside you. We're going to lift you up. And it's a powerful, powerful thing in the body of Christ. And the students were singing about it. I love that. Uh, lift you up and turn us around and set our feet on solid ground. The Lord does that through the body of Christ. If anyone has a complaint against one another, does that ever happen in the body of Christ? Yeah. Forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Forgiveness is, the, is just the nature of the body. And above all these, put on love. That's the number one fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. And so that is what binds everything together in perfect harmony. And then he says this amazing thing, uh, the, the Apostle Paul to the Colossian church. The peace of Christ is to rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. What does that mean? It really means to govern, that by the Spirit and by the fruit of the Spirit, peace is to govern our hearts. Not, not, not govern one another as much as govern our... How many of you know if peace governs our hearts, everything else will begin to fall in line, Right? And so uh, this is to be the way of Christ in us. And how is that peace found? Uh, Well, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And how do we do that? The rest of the passage talks about it uh, in Colossians. And there are three things, teaching, admonishing, and worshiping. Let's say those together, all right? Teaching, admonishing, and worshiping. Teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing, that's what we've been doing, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, not just any song, everything that we have been singing and hearing and engaging with is scripture uh, rooted, is scripture truth uh, that brings us close to to Christ and uh, with thankfulness in your hearts. And all three of these are vital, meaning they're essential. Teach the word of God with wisdom and integrity. We are a teaching church. And, and so sometimes people come and they say, why, why is there so much Bible in your services? Because we are a teaching church. There's Bible everywhere. You can't go anywhere in, in our uh, local church without finding Bible. There's Bibles all over the place. There's scripture everywhere you go. Uh, all of the singing, all of the teaching, everything that we do is engaged with the word of God. And then admonishment is not a word we use very often, but it means loving correction to one another in the body of Christ. That part of of building the body of Christ is that we love one another enough to come alongside and say, I want to talk to you because I see something. Could we talk about this? It's gentle. It's it's expressing uh, the love of Christ, the heart of Christ. There's something that you need to see here. Uh, Could we talk about this? 
And so loving correction and then grateful worship and all three are important. If we have worship, worship, worship without any teaching, we're missing something, aren't we? Say amen. If we have teaching, teaching, teaching and we have no worship, it doesn't lead us into worship. We are missing something. Say amen. Yeah. And if we have teaching and we have worship, but we have no correction, we aren't willing to love each other enough to come alongside and say, let me talk with you and walk alongside you through this difficult thing. Then, then we're, we're, we don't have the construction package that we need and there won't be the strength that we need. And everything points to the name of the Lord Jesus. Uh, verse 17, and whatever you do, that's a big old phrase, isn't it? Everything we do, in word or deed, no matter what you think, what you say, what you do, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let's read that out loud together. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. It's, it's the rock. That's the rock. And it all starts with this confession. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. The question really uh, that the students have put before us is this. Have you made that confession? Have you trusted in that Lord Jesus Christ? Have you made that declaration in your heart? It's so very important. Have you set Jesus as the rock upon which your life finds Strength and stability. We're we're asking that of one another. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you so much for hearts and voices uh, and minds that turn their focus to you. In every age, and I I thank you for these young uh, students that have brought their testimony, brought their hearts before us. Uh, they, they've revealed to us, shown us what has been revealed to them. And we are so grateful for your work among them, but also your work through them among us. God, we pray that as, as we conclude that we might sense the power of your gospel, the power of the truth of your gospel, and knowing you in Jesus' name. Amen.